Welcome back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. Happy 4th of July. I'm your host, Austin, and thanks for stopping by. Thanks for checking out the pod this week. Uh, Like I said, 4th of July, man. Uh, It's probably, I would say, one of, if not the most uniquely American holidays out there, right? Now, you could argue that, you know, American tradition and things are tied up in any of the holidays that we, that we celebrate, that we recognize here, right? But none is as American in that it literally is the symbol of when we took our freedom. Um, many people see it as a celebration of when the country was born, in essence. Now, I know you can get into, like, the history behind it and stuff, and uh, no, that's not technically it. They signed this document here, and they signed this document there, and technically this means that, and I get it, guys. Like, you could split the atom on this, or we could just look at this from, <clears throat> let's say, from a high-level, simplistic view, and say that this is the celebration of the birth of our nation. And there's a lot to talk about. There's there's a lot I want to talk about in regards to this holiday and what I'll say is our responsibility as Americans, really, as citizens of uh, this great nation, um, as Americans who are responsible for carrying on the legacy that was fought for and won by those that came before us in this country. So um, I have a lot of thoughts on it, uh, as usual, right? So uh, I'm going to get into all of that before, of course, you know, I get, I get too far down the road. Because um, I have a couple good points I want to make. I really do want to get into a lot of different things, but need to say thank you first, obviously, to our patrons. You guys, we have a Patreon, all right? Um, if you're looking for more information from, from us, right, videos, blogs, uh, targets, shooting drills, all kinds of stuff, it's over at the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Got a couple different tiers there. Nothing's going to break the bank. You know, it starts as low as $3.00. Uh, and every little bit honestly helps us get closer to the goals that we have for being more successful here, not only as a podcast, but as uh, an entity that can bring more information to you guys. You know, we've had requests to talk about certain things, which we've done. We've had requests to bring on certain guests, which we followed on. So uh, you guys want to be more involved in the community here with Prepared Mindset. That is the easiest way to get involved is to follow us on Patreon and uh, shoot us some messages and make some requests for content. Um, but additionally, we are also sponsored by some really, really rad companies, and I want to say thank you to them as well. First, of course, thank you to the folks over at Midwest Gunworks for their support. Guys, head over to MidwestGunworks.com. All right, if you're looking for a new part, a new component, maybe like me, you are going through just ripping out what's left of your hair, right, <laughs> to to figure out tuning your gas system. Oh, I need a new buffer spring. I need a new buffer weight. I need a, a combo of the two, like the braided one that Geisley makes. Uh, I still can't figure this out, so I'm going to go with a different barrel that has a different gas port size or I need a different gas tube or gas block, whatever have you. Midwest Gunworks has you guys all squared away. Head on over to MidwestGunworks.com. You can use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET to save yourself 5% off the order, regardless of what you're picking up. Magazines, optics, slings, gunsmithing tools, hell, even if it's a full firearm purchase. Discount code PREPAREDMINDSET. Save you guys some cash and hook you up with some great gear from an awesome company out there doing good things for the community. If it says in stock, it's in stock. You're going to have it in your hands in a couple days. MidwestGunWorks.com. Also, huge shout out and thank you to our newest sponsor here at the pod, HRT Tactical Gear. They're our neighbors to the south in Ohio, and guys, they make some awesome kit. 
I've gotten some time, you know, with their LBAC plate carrier. I've never really had one that was load-bearing specific. I've always run slick carriers. So I'll admit, I was a little bit apprehensive about trying something new like this, but man, it is it is top-notch. My first experience with something load-bearing, my first experience with a Tigris Cummerbund, these guys over at HRT, they blew it out of the water. I love the setup. Their Maximus Placard has more storage space in it than I know what to do with. They got their dangler, their back panels. You guys, head, over, head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. Check it out for yourselves. Tip-top quality gear made from great materials. And you guys are going to su- support a great business that's out there making gear for our law enforcement, uh, for military applications, all kinds of good stuff going on. And they're always adding new things and developing new things, too. So check out what HRT's got going on. Again, head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. For 4th of July, they actually have a 20% sale going on. So check that out and pick up some gear. <clears throat> Thank you also to 100 Concepts. You guys, you've been listening to us for a while now. You know, we love 100 Concepts. They've been a huge supporter of us. And they're also running a 4th of July sale. You guys can head on over to 100concepts.com. Save a little coin, you know, pick up uh, some of the light caps, some of the scrim, uh, some of the scope caps they got going on. Huge company, like, in, in just what they've done in the community. People are now paying attention to things like lens glare. They're now paying attention to things like reflection off of the, the reflector inside your weapon light. Those were concepts that a lot of people just weren't paying attention to before, and 100 Concepts came in. They addressed it. Awesome products at a price point everybody can afford. Their motto is do good, be dangerous, live free, which especially in the context of today's conversation is what you want in the companies that you are giving your money to. Again, 100concepts.com, also available through T-Rex Arms and Big Tech's Ordnance. And guys, go pick up some light caps, some scrim, whatever you need. They'll take good care of you. And last but not least, our friends over at LARP Labs. Guys, I just put on some new multicam wraps for my EOTech, my Vortex Magnifier, and my Steiner D-Ball Laser. These 3M vinyl wraps are awesome. I spent, you know, nine hours out in the rain yesterday, or in and out of the rain, I should say, training. Zero problems with these wraps. They're not peeling. They're not bubbling. They're not coming off at the edges or anything. This is top quality stuff, you guys. So whether it's Multicam or M81 or Ranger Green, whatever you're looking for, LARP Labs has you all set. They even hooked you up with discount code Prepared Mindset for 10% off, and they're running a sale for 4th of July as well. Head on over to LARPLabs.com. Check out what they got going on, and they are getting ready in the next few weeks to roll out even more designs, right? That's going to cover more optics, more lights, more lasers, all kinds of good stuff. LARPLabs.com. Head on over and support John and the team there. Cool. So huge shout out to everyone, all of our supporters, Patreon, our sponsors. Guys, we're going to keep on cruising here and get into what we're talking about today, which is 4th of July, man. Um, And more specifically, it's the celebration of the American freedom, right? Um, Everyone's pretty well aware worldwide, right, that America has been the shining beacon uh, for freedom, independence, liberty, right? Um, And, you know, unfortunately, we start to have these buzz terms that have been introduced in the last couple years. These things that somehow, for some reason, our own media that enjoys all of these same freedoms, you know, they, they'd be in other countries and other cultures around the world, right? You cannot say whatever you want, right? And yes, I know some like political asshole is going to stand up and go, well, you can't yell fire in a movie theater. 
Yes, that's a public safety thing, not a restriction on on speech thing so much. But, you know, uh, two gold stars for the one asshole that wants to point that out, right? So our media loves to be hypercritical of American values when it benefits them. And what I'm talking about is the word, let's let's start with liberty. I cannot tell you, especially in the context of the discussion around the Second Amendment, how many times I've seen people post on the internet as well as say to me, in reference to the Second Amendment, that we're going to let school children die, we're going to let people die, we're going to continue to let senseless murder happen for some perceived liberty. Perceived liberty, as in, uh, as so as to say, right, that <clears throat> the people that are, the people that hold that value dear to them, they perceive that to be liberty, implying that that's not truly what, what liberty is, Right? That's, that, that's clearly what they're saying, that we don't understand as pro-2A advocates, as pro-2A community individuals, that we don't understand what liberty really is. Uh, and that's a term, perceived liberty, those two words packaged together. That's a term we didn't hear years ago. You wouldn't dare be critical of the liberty that we have in this country, the freedoms that we have in this country, Right. You just, you wouldn't, it, it's flat out on American people used to laugh at you for saying those things. They used to loop you in with the communists, right? You want to overthrow the government and have, you know, your communist utopia or your socialist utopia here. And yeah, I mean, that's actually a thing now. <clears throat> You're actually uh, looked down upon in this country if you don't support the socialist agenda, you know, and here's the thing, the sitting administration, and I actually, I took a, a, a screenshot of this quote um, that was shared by the, uh, I think it was uh, Fire, Firearms Coalition, or Firearms Policy Coalition, um, and it was a direct quote of our our stupendous uh, president, right, <clears throat> and, you know, we're talking about liberty and the right to defend ourselves in the Second Amendment, and it's something that is uniquely American in that a lot of countries in the world, you can't even own, like legally, they don't want you to own firearms. Look at Australia as a great example, right? And yeah, they saw a dip in crime, then things surged right back up. People just found other ways to be assholes to each other, right? In Europe, you, oh, there's, you can have hunting weapons, but oh no, you can't, you can't have access to quote assault weapons, right? The media does a great job at spinning these terms like perceived liberty, assault weapons to make people who are uneducated and uninformed or they believe that they're educated, right, uh, to basically stack the deck uh, and and through this over-inundation of, of information, right? People who watch the news every night while eating dinner. I remember I remember growing up, we used to watch, like, ABC News or, or whatever tonight. Uh, we'd sit there, we'd eat whatever, you know, pot pies or whatever the hell was for dinner when we were kids, and we'd, I remember sitting down watching the, the news coverage of the war in Kosovo and everything that was going on when I was in elementary school in the mid to... Yeah, it was like mid nineties. I think it was like ninety six, ninety seven, something like that, right? And I remember, you know, that's what we did every night. The news, we shut off whatever show we were watching. The news came on, unless it was like some special thing where you know we were watching the hockey game. We were eating a little bit later, you know, uh, you know. And for those of you that don't watch sports, late nineties here in Detroit, <clears throat> hockey was a way of life. The Red Wings were an absolute fucking dynasty, and I used to love that. But but I digress. So. We use the media machine to drive these messages home, and people don't know any better. They just hear this every night, and you know, over time, it's just, oh, that must be what it is, because the news wouldn't lie to me. Those are people you can trust. Well, in addition to that, here's a quote that our president uh, actually made June 20th, so not very long ago. I'm a Second Amendment guy. 
I taught it for four years, six years in law school. And guess what? It doesn't say you can own any weapon you want. It says there are certain weapons you just can't own. Even during when it was passed, you couldn't own a cannon. You can't own a machine gun. No, I'm serious. That's our own president saying that. The Second Amendment is is specifically vague in what it says because our founders, who were very educated dudes, uh, very, very smart men, and, you know, they didn't take lightly the responsibility set upon them in forming a, a whole new nation. Now, remember, <clears throat> as we see people on the news screaming about being persecuted because... Uh, oh, it's the evil conservatives being just terrible, uh, you know, uh, persecuting the trans community or persecuting the gay community. We're always, it's always the conservatives in this country that are persecuting somebody else. Uh, and in reality, we're being persecuted by basically every other group within the country. You know, uh, a lot of these things weren't an issue for us, you know, until they were forced on our throats. Uh, I'll say that much. Um, <clears throat> but the Second Amendment is specifically vague because that we knew that times change. The weapon of the day changes. It was swords, then it was crossbows, now it's firearms. And and the, those firearms, that's all that has changed over time. It changed over time as we saw our country, as the, we saw the colonies, to the time that we became our own independent nation, to the time that we actually had, you know, the Second Amendment ratified. And these men were smart enough. They understood that. They came from a country where, you know, you were persecuted for different religious beliefs. You were taxed into oblivion. And they thought that was unfair. Hey, I don't, <clears throat> I don't take advantage of that. I don't, I don't deal with that. I, that's not, I don't want to pay taxes for that. Those taxes are too high. I mean, shit, that's literally what the country was founded upon. The majority of the issues were were persecution for personal happiness, right? And taxes. No taxation without representation, right? And technically today we do have representation in our federal house, our federal senate. At the state levels we do in our own uh, house and senate, right? Now, do many people today, I think, I would, I think you would be sh maybe not shocked, but maybe shocked, right? To see if you did just a poll of people and said, hey, do you feel represented by your elected individuals? I have a I have a strong feeling the overwhelming majority of those folks that you speak with would say resoundingly, no, I don't. And the problem with that, or, or where that problem comes from, is that we now let the dollars make all the decisions. Election years come up, large donors, and <clears throat> we as a people also, and that's including the 2A community, you know, we just vote based off of, you know, a party line. Oh, if you're liberal, you have to vote Democrat. You have to vote Democrat, and you also are morally obligated to hate the Republican candidate. And if you're a pro-2A person, if you have conservative, you know, Christian values, you have to vote Republican, and, you know, you're supposed to hate all the liberals because the liberals want to kill all the babies. And it's never really that black and white, but we've, we've built it into a system that is. You know, people that you just don't understand anymore, uh, they don't understand firearms because we have slowly but surely over time, the development, I'll say the development of technology, we've taken young adult men, we've taken grown adults, you know, out of the fields, out of the hunting grounds and put them behind computer screens. Hunting in this country is a dying recreational activity. 
And that's right now the one bastion that I think the liberals cling to is, yeah, hunting weapons are fine. However, we just don't think you should be able to own these guns that we all have for self-protection, our armed security details, which your tax dollars pay for. Like, we think that we should have those. You just, you just aren't responsible enough as Americans to have those things. And that was not the way that this was supposed to go. It's never been the way it was supposed to go. We get very creative with flashy language and talk about things like, I just said, perceived liberty And we use those to explain away the feelings and to justify those feelings. Explain away that those people that feel that way, they're crazy, they're right-wing extremists. And to justify the feeling of, I'm scared of firearms. Mostly due to a lack of education about firearms. Hey, I don't know anything about these. I know that they have the power to kill. But rather than learn about them, rather than, than dive into them, learn something, make the decision, an informed decision at that on my own, I'm going to trust what the news told me or what my parents taught me because my parents are school teachers, so they must know. Guys, it is an American responsibility in this world, and I truly believe this, that we have to stand by and live by these original core values in the Constitution. You know, this notion that the Constitution is a living document is, I think, a bastardized concept. I think that, and bastardize, you know what, I'm, that is, I'll say it was a, it's an abused and molested term rather than bastardized. It is an abused and it is a molested idea and term because it is leaned upon by politicians to justify these arguments, right? They say, oh, it's a living document. And they leverage that to change things like, you know, the second amendment, oh, we need to clip its wings. I've had people say that. Oh, we don't need the Second Amendment because we have police. We have, you know, fire. We have EMS. We have first responders. Those people are properly trained, so you shouldn't need a firearm. Those are the same people in turn that scream to defund the police. And we see the defund defund the police or defund law enforcement movement all over the world. Europe, it was becoming a thing there with the Black Lives Matter movement. Everyone's screaming, defund police. All police are fascists, right? You see it all over the globe in you know countries that that are well well to do countries you know they're not third world <clears throat> third world countries they understand the value of having a firearm because if you don't you're almost guaranteeing yourself to become a victim either of murder of rape of human trafficking one of those things i like look at africa it's and not to say that we should look at that obviously as a model of what to do but it is a example of what can happen when you, you know, when you let base instincts take over. That's how bad things can get. And we've all seen the movies, right? You've seen Blood Diamond. Uh, you've seen, uh, I mean, there's just, there's a million and a half movies about the, you know, Tears of the Sun, right? A great, great uh, film. Not necessarily always the best weapon handling in there and stuff, but a great film that I really enjoy watching, and it's an example of how people have to live and the brutality we see in the world. In part, the prevention of that is why we have a Second Amendment. Now, yes, it's also to prevent a tyrannical government, right? And, you know, uh, while I don't ever think our country would get to that point, if you do look at some of those African nations and you see the government's the ultra-instable, or unstable, I should say, governments that take power for a year or two before the next coup and the next overthrow and the next civil war, yeah, 
that's that's tyranny because you know what happens <clears throat> the next political party the next religious party steps up they take they take control and then it's genocide on whoever else is there that isn't part of their military part of their party part of their religion it's not unique to africa either we see it in the middle east we've seen it in the middle east for ages with the warring tribes and and cultures and communities and things and it's something that we don't want here and because we don't want it here, we have a Second Amendment that prevents these kinds of things, we, that prevents us from being victims of one another, of opposing viewpoints. We became the melting pot, right? That's the term you heard growing up in school, right? America is a melting pot of diversity and of cultures. Back when diversity was truly a good thing. Yes, we have Muslims, we have Jews, we have Christians, we have Buddhists, right? We have people of all different religions and cultures and societies coming together to live in this country. Why? Because there are laws, there are, there are measures in place to protect you and protect your right to practice those religions, those faiths, your culture, right? Those are the things that make America great. <clears throat> yes, we still have a lot of those. But how long does that last without a Second Amendment? And further, how long before things deteriorate around the world without an America that is there to set that example? to show the world, hey, this can work, this does work, right? We have a responsibility as Americans to preserve the Second Amendment and to live by the Second Amendment. I believe that. Now, does that mean everybody has to do it the same way? No, it's, in a lot of ways, I see it very similarly to, I don't want to say the Second Amendment community is a religion, but I see it in a similar fashion to religion. You know, now I'm of, a, of the Christian faith, and I know there's a lot of different levels in which people practice that faith. You have people that go to church every Sunday. They go to confession every Wednesday or whatever day of the week, you know, and they pray every night before bed. They say grace before meals. And that's great. You know, honestly, religious values are great. Whether, and, and again, that's, it could be Muslim, you could be Jewish, you could be Christian, it could be whatever, right? Or you could be someone like myself. I don't, you know, I, I, I need to go to church more. I need to talk to God more. Um, I've, I've had things in my life that have led me to the relationship with religion that I have. Uh, but I try to be very deeply respectful of other people's faith um, until, you know, honestly, until they start leveraging it uh, and uh, they try to misuse their faith to, for, for personal game, gain. And I, that, that really does bother me. Um, but that's aside uh, from the point here. So you can practice, you can support, you can participate in the Second Amendment and the Second Amendment community at a different... It doesn't mean... What I'm saying is you don't need to be, you know, strapped up in a plate carrier and a battle belt running, you know, a, a gun with a suppressor and a laser and night vision. You don't need to do that to be participating in this responsibility, to be living up to this responsibility. Now, do I think that you should? I, I think you should at least be working towards that. Yeah, I do. Um... I think the more people we have looking at what a lot of what, what we in in this community do, right? Training, being proficient, being responsible and well uh, educated and uh, and safe gun owners really is what it is. And I and I I, I I pause to use that term safe gun owners because it's misused, I would say, by politicians so fucking always to talk about people who lock their gun in a bedside safe and they only own a gun with 10 rounds or less and then a 12-gauge shotgun and no ARs. Those are safe, common-sense gun owners. No, 
On the contrary, a safe gun, over, gun owner is the one that knows their own limitations, that knows their own proficiency, is confident because they train enough to know that that's their proficiency, and they're confident in the weapon system which they employ. And they have spent the money to buy the necessary equipment to make them as capable as possible and worked with it to ensure that capability is not only possible but repeatable whenever they need to call upon it. So whether that's shooting targets at the range, whether that's drawing from concealment if you're a concealed carrier, whether that's shooting at distance, whatever that means to you, right? Whatever your application of your weapon system uh, and, and this gear and things is. <clears throat> and this, this is, it is in extremely important because the more of us that there are, the more we can continue to normalize this kind of a culture. And here's the thing. Anybody who spends any time, and I know this for a fact because I had a buddy that has a friend visiting from Germany and came over. They took him fishing. They took him shooting. They they showed him a they showed him a true slice of the American life, you know. Because countries around the world they think that they think that we're all fucking nuts over here. They think we're all shooting each other. We're all stabbing each other. We're all going on political rants all the time, and we're out protesting everywhere, and the whole place is a, in fucking turmoil, and that really does show you what the news puts out because that's all news wants to talk about. They want clicks. They want eyes. They want to make money, right? But truly, the American way of living is great. It's enjoyable for all ages, all lifestyles, right? That was the beauty that we once saw here in this country. So by getting more people introduced to this culture, right? Making them familiar with this culture. And it's not, again, it's not to say, you know, and this is one of the things that kills me about social media and Instagram and stuff. And even, and I am even, I will admit, I am even guilty of it to an extent myself is the expectation that anybody that buys an AR platform rifle and puts a weapon light on it must then commit to the level of the level of, tr uh, I don't want to say training, but you like you, they have to be as <clears throat> dedicated and immersed in the culture as I am. Or and, and and that's not true. You don't have to be. Just be proficient with your weapon platform. Know your limitations. Have a plan in place. Know what you're doing. Know how to be safe with your weapon system. For ninety percent of people, that that could be, it could be enough. You know. Yes, I have a deep passion and want to, I want to learn more. Like we spent time yesterday, we were out doing small unit tactics. We spent our first time doing uh, like two person shooting drills, right? Communicating, uh, sustaining fire, things like that. We spent time on small unit tactics, patrol formations and understanding when and why you would switch to them, how you would switch to them using nonverbal cues. Uh, and then we spent a lot of time working because, I mean, it just started downpouring, but we got into a buddy's, uh, he has a barn, and we got into the barn, and we were able to simulate some CQB things and understand how to negotiate doorways for a couple hours, right? And I want to learn all of those things. I want to spend time on all of those concepts. I want to be the most educated and capable person, the best version of me that I can be so that in times where I may need to call upon that information uh, or that skill set, I can. And that's not to say that I don't find it enjoyable, because I do. I find it very enjoyable. You know, we had some heated discussion, uh, exchanging ideas, talking through things, right? And 
hearing from you know guys in the group that we that we've all connected together, right? People with former uh, military experience. Josh was there, you know, and that that was outstanding. And that that sense of camaraderie is the the strongest link, I believe, in building the chain that eventually makes up the whole community, right? And it's important. It's again, I, I see it as a responsibility. It is that you are responsible, A, for your own skill set. You are responsible for your own competency. And then you also have a responsibility to be a steward of the community and a steward by proxy of the American way of life. The American culture, the, the Second Amendment culture, right? And that's not to say that anybody who shows any interest, you gotta jam it down their throat. And I would honestly say that in most instances, you shouldn't force it upon people. If we think about our childhood, if we think about school, if we think about anything, right? Anytime somebody tries to force something on you, whether it ends up being something you like or not, what is always, always the first, the knee-jerk reaction? It's to pull away. No, wait a minute. I want to make the decision. Like, get away from me. Don't talk to me. I don't, we're not doing this. Uh Uh-uh. You want it to be your decision. And that makes sense, right? We want to make the decision for ourselves where our interests lie, what we want to do. Like I said, those people could then end up being down the line interested in, it could be anything. It could be auto racing. God knows we have an amazing and very rich car culture here in Detroit, right? It could be shooting, obviously. It could be sports. But as a child, if your parents throw you straight into soccer like mine did and then just like make it all like I hate soccer. I hated when I played it as a kid. I wasn't good at it because I never wanted to practice it, but it was what my cousin did. So that's what I had to do. And I even, I didn't even we didn't play in the same organization. I didn't play on the same team with my cousin. Nothing. We just had to do it because that's what my cousin did. So then my parents decided that's what we were going to do and I fucking hated it. A man I hated it. And to this day, it took me Honestly, it took me binge-watching three seasons of Ted Lasso to turn around my my thinking and my my feelings towards the, the sport of soccer, you know? So, <clears throat> we do encounter these people, right? And we want to talk about introducing them to the Second Amendment community. The first thing should be a welcoming hand and almost like a reassuring pat on the back that, like, we're not all crazy. We're not here to shoot anybody. We don't further, and specifically, we don't want to shoot anyone. That is the most terrifying thought, I think, when we when we examine the responsibility that comes with being a concealed carrier with, with being a gun owner. Because I own these firearms and I want to be proficient with them, that is not in any way, shape, or form a direct indicator that I want to take a life. I am terrified at the prospect of having to make that decision. I think anybody, any sensible gun owner, shooting enthusiast, whatever term you want to you want to put on somebody, right? I, I'm pretty positive most people would agree with me and say, I don't want to make that decision because there's a whole lot of shit that comes with that afterwards. There's the emotional damage on you. There's potentially physical damage if you are injured in this altercation. Legal fees, the amount of time you're tied up in these legal things. And then there's public perception, especially today in the media. You know, they jump straight to the race issue. They they jump straight to the po- the politics behind it. Your life may never be the same again. You may have to move to a different state so that your family can have an, a a shot a shot and a chance an opportunity right at a normal life. 
nobody wants to, I mean, nobody should have to deal with that. But any of us who are common sense individuals, who are well-educated and well-read folks, or, you know, perhaps just studied the Bible, you understand that evil is a part of this world, right? Evil is a part of man. It's something that we will never escape uh, as a species. And I know a lot of people want to ignore that. I think that the outright ignorant idea of just ignoring the presence of evil in every person or the potential presence of evil in in every man is it's ignorant. And that's how we got to this point where people want to just assume that socialism and communism are the answer in our democratic republic. Let's throw out the let's throw out the window, right? 300 years or whatever, you know, 250 years of history that have made this country as great as it is, right? Let's let yeah, let's just let's just can all that because socialism and communism are what's going to work because we can all trust that everyone's going to just do their own part and we are all in our little utopia here going to just share in the spoils of our labor. No one is going to sit down and stop and say, hey, I'm going to do less work today while everyone else does more work to make up for me so that I can have the same that everybody else has. It doesn't work. We see it today in countries like, or in cities, I should say, like Chicago and LA, where they, in Oregon, right, the Pacific Northwest, where they have huge homeless populations. They have huge drug addict populations within those homeless populations. And why? Because there are liberal politicians that are voting in and passing into law these bills to go out and give them clean, safe needles to inject with, that are giving them money and safe places to sleep and eat while not addressing the overall issue. Yeah, that's that that right there to me, and it is a petri dish petri dish, excuse me, example of why this, you know, uh kumbaya concept of socialism just won't work. And it's also why it's failed in every other country across the globe. And again, I come back to my point of it is our American responsibility to protect our democracy, our democratic republic, right? To protect our way of life so it doesn't deteriorate and degrade down to one of those socialist countries where you end up shooting in the streets, right? Civil war breaks out. People lose those fundamental freedoms that they that we enjoy as Americans. There's a reason why we were the model country in the world. People strove to be like the United States. They wanted the power and the money and the things that we had, and they didn't happen overnight. You know, if you've read your history books, right, the United States almost failed several times before it got started. Uh, You know, there were wars. We had to take loans from countries like France you know, which who are still, you know, obviously a strong ally of our country and things. And, you know, we almost didn't make it. We didn't. People want to forget those things that, you know, we had to build ourselves up. You know, I have friends now that will sit there and do stupid voices. Oh, yeah, I'll just pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm going to fix. And they want to shit all over our parents' generation and the generation before them. They want to talk about how because of our parents' decisions, it is somehow now, it is somehow now what we, the consequence we have to deal with of why home values are so high. It's our parents' fault. It's everything's our parents' fault. Ultimately, nothing's our fault. And I say our as in the current generation of adults, right? Millennials, people in their 30s and maybe early 40s. Oh, it's everybody else's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. 
those are the people that were, you know, going to the voting booth and voting for socialism. They wanted Bernie Sanders to be the Democratic primary. They wanted Joe Biden in office. Oh, he's going to forgive all of our student loan debt. Well, if you guys have been following current events, just in the last few days here, our Supreme Court actually shot the shit out of that one like we all knew they would. No, we're not just going to dismiss billions and billions and billions of dollars in student loan debt. That is insane and absurd. Am I saying that the college education system here in America is great the way it is? Uh, No, it's not. Uh, But I don't want to get into that right now. But what I am saying is we have gotten to a point as a people we are so divided as a culture and so so uninformed and so poorly read on some of these things. There were enough people in this country, they, they, they actually based their vote solely on the fact that, hey, I might not have to make any more college, uh, any more student loan payments. Hey, gets my vote. Yeah, sure, they'll force it through. You know, and I would say maybe there was a shot at that. Had we not just already given like $70 billion or some, whatever the number's at, I don't even know, I don't want to know, to Ukraine. And that's without counting or accounting for, right, uh, the $6.2 billion accounting error that came out in the last uh, month or so uh, when we when we looked at the books and the records and everything that we went over and sent to Ukraine. So one or the other, both are bad. But can you imagine, given the circumstances that we're in today, right, it's it, 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 July 4th, 2023, look how bad the economy is. Look where inflation's at and the valuation of the of the U.S. dollar. And you're going to want to give out how many more billions to give away what? student For, for student loan forgiveness to what? Guarantee the next election? Oh, somehow the, there's just like this bottomless money pit. We can just keep printing more cash and nothing bad's ever going to happen? It's simple supply demand, guys. If there's tons and tons and tons and tons of money out there, no one wants it. Now, we don't want a scarcity of the U.S. dollar, so the value is so high that it can't be traded in as a currency. You want that, like, nice middle ground. Potentially, you want it leaning towards the scarcity side, so the, the value of the U.S. dollar is is good. We as a country are more successful, and we have a better quality of life here. That's what our elected leaders are supposed to be doing. Those are the kinds of decisions they're supposed to be making. This is ultimately why the concept of socialism fails because you just keep pouring money out right you keep printing more currency and eventually that currency gets so fucking worthless you might as well just wipe your ass with it and then the country where do you look your government that tells you this is the currency you have no other currency most people right they don't invest in gold and and diamonds and things like that to trade in so all they have is what you gave them and now you have a country that is 80 percent poverty But no one wants, oh, you know, I've been told so many fucking times, this country needs to change. You know, socialism's the way. You go, no, socialism doesn't fucking work. It's never, I've, I've been told this, literally this statement, it's never gotten a fair chance. And it's like, motherfucker, really? Look at fucking South America. Look at Cuba. Look at any country in the world with the exception of maybe China, right, that is a communist or socialist country and has been successful economically. It does not fucking work. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. It won't work. All that it's going to, oh, well, it's going to work here because the United States is big enough to make it work. No, we're just going to fail in a more catastrophic manner than ever before recorded in history. It's not going to work. We need to protect the American way of life. Now, 
getting back to the overall point here, the American way of life, the second amendment, this is, these are things, this used to be, you know, baked into our identity as a country. Now, not, you were, you always, you know, we always had people that didn't want to have a gun. We always had pacifists. We always had people that thought there were better ways to solving problems than with firearms. And I support that notion. I do. I am all about meaningful conversation. I am all about having a, a, a good discourse with somebody and working out your issues. However, like I was saying just a moment ago, the, the, the promised concept that you can resolve everything through words is idiotic. It's just not how it works, right? For instance, if someone approaches you with a knife and says, give me your fucking wallet, motherfucker. And you could reply with, let's just talk about this. Who hurt you? Did your mom hug you as a child? That's not going to resolve that issue. Sometimes an equal escalation of force is required, which is where, in my opinion, that's where the firearms come in. And that's, yes, that's a very small, a very small piece of the overall discussion. But what I am saying is that if you look big picture at the erosion of gun rights in this country, the erosion of the conservative lifestyle here in America, all we hear on the news, right? All we hear, and people cave to this every day. Oh, I don't want to talk about it because it's not worth the effort. I don't want to hear about it because it's, I don't want to start a fight. I don't want to do this because it's just too much for me to handle. And I get it. I get wanting to walk away from the noise. I get wanting to walk away from the bullshit. I get wanting to walk away from the people that have no clue what they're talking about. But understand that we've spent coming up to probably a hundred years in this country where we have taken that approach. We've quote let we've let quote common sense gun laws be put in place. Fuck the NFA, right? Which is the bane of our existence as modern gun owners. Because you want to own a suppressor, that's an NFA item. You want to own a short-barreled rifle, which is totally arbitrary. Actually, with a lot of rounds, the shorter the barrel, the less effective they are. But because of some arbitrary measurement, 26 inches overall length, whatever, that some politician who doesn't understand firearms got passed into law for the National Firearms Act, now you have to pay an unconstitutional $200 tax stamp and wait several weeks, if not several months or possibly over a year, just to get the approval to own a device that's going to make you a better, more capable individual. So by taking that stance, by taking that attitude of, I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, you're not going to, but your kids probably fucking will in 60 years when we're losing more gun rights. We don't get those back. We have to plan our feet on these things and you have to be proactive. And I'm not saying you need to go out and be like a huge asshole to anybody that says anything anti-gun. What I'm saying is that maybe try to find a decent way or a nice way, whatever, right, of saying, hey, you know, that's actually not quite right. You know, consider this. Here's a, you know, hey, here's this statistic. Here's this fact. Here's this. Here's this. Hey, buying a gun isn't the what you just said. It's not as easy as you say. You know, hey, your t-shirt there about I wish guns were, you know, as hard to get as Taylor Swift tickets. Um, that's not exactly right because that's a dumbass statement. Taylor Swift tickets don't require a background check, and there's also a limited number of those. There's a limited number of firearms in this country, technically, but yeah, we're producing more every day, and the ease of 
of purchase is not, it's not a fair, you know, evaluation and comparison. But those are the kinds of stupid ass arguments we see spread all over social media and the news and they have people's t-shirts and dumbass rallies and things. And anytime we unfortunately have one of these mass casualty incidents, right? A public shooting of some variety, these people come out and then the media puts them on blast and gives them a huge platform because who funds the liberal media? The liberals. And what do the liberals want? They want us all in a socialist country with no arms to be able to defend ourselves so that they can do what they want. And if you don't believe that that's how it works, like there's now several websites popping up that can show you how a lot of elected officials take advantage of the insider information that they're given and make stock trades that they can't be prosecuted for because that, inf that inside information is part of them doing their job. So funny how a lot of our elected officials protect themselves and bake into laws protection for themselves while take, making what I would say is a very generous salary. I think it's like 250000 a year, something like that. And they've never missed a raise. If you're listening to this, how many of us have had to go through pay freezes, especially like when we hit uh, the lockdowns in 2020? How many people, I remember sitting on a conference call, they said, hey, anybody this pay grade or higher, you're on a pay freeze until further notice. So like the everyday workers, yes, we all got our cost of living, which is not enough to actually cover the cost of living that goes up every year. We all got our, you know, menial little raises and increases and things, but anybody who was like a mid-level manager or higher, nope. You know, you don't get a raise for two years, three years. Imagine what that would be like for you. I know there were, there's even unions now that negotiate bad contract deals. And it's my father's in one and they're expecting to strike this fall because they've gone, you know, double digit years over 10 years without an actual raise because they let some kind some political leader, somebody who runs the union, working with people at the companies to make some sweetheart deal where I'm sure the union leader got a shitload of fucking money and then fucked over everybody in the union who doesn't get a raise. Can you imagine going 10 years without a raise? That's why that's why we have people at these auto jobs like my dad who have to go 10 years, 15 years of working 60 hour weeks to make enough money to set aside for retirement and then still do the things that he needs to do to take care of his family, let alone the things that he wants to do to take care of his family, like go on a vacation. You know, you hear people screaming about the American way is dead and it needs to change because you should be able to go to fucking McDonald's, fuck up my order, not do jack shit and still make enough money working only a 40 hour to pay for a house and a car at minimum. And it's like, no, you're fucking high if you think that's true. And I've also had that's those same kind of people turn around and say, out of a 40-hour work week, you should probably only ever have to really do 10 or 12 hours of real work in those, but be paid for a full 40. This is the direction that we're headed as a country. You know, think about it. And the next time that you encounter these people, the next time you see somebody that that just can't help themselves but to scream about how bad this place is and how awful these things are, you know, take it upon yourself. And again, you don't have to be a dick, but like we have to, it is our responsibility as Americans to preserve the quality of life that we have and to do it in an educated way. And if you don't know the facts, read up the facts, spend some time cracking a book. You know, if you can tell, you know, the, the, the standard factory gas port size on an AR barrel and muzzle velocities of different ammos and things like that, depending on grains and stuff, you can quote all of that, but you have no idea what's going on in the world of current affairs because 
it's just too much for you to keep up with, you're failing. You are failing as an American. And you're contributing, whether you're, you know, it's deliberate or not, obviously, but you're contributing to the erosion of the American way of life as we know it and as we would like it to be, as it used to be before things got woke as fuck and people were, you know, too liberal to fucking function. And I see it, you know, I teach high school kids. I get that the arts are a very liberal thing. And it's, I, and it's further why I think we need a good balance of conservative and liberative opinion, conservative and liberal, if I can get my shit together here, conservative and liberal lifestyles, there needs to be a balance struck to have what I would say is like an optimized society because we should have the arts. We all enjoy music, right? And those things are very important. And some of the smartest people that our nation or the world even have ever known were people that were attached to the arts. So I teach high school students, right? I teach music, marching band, whatever. But I see this these things firsthand with these kids who are just indoctrinated with this information in these public schools. And that's because the school teachers are the ones spreading these ideas. Liberal-only ideas. Conservative concepts are bad. Religion is bad. You know, we need to teach our four-year-olds what racism is. That's the direction our country's headed to. People, oh, I don't want to be bothered with it. I, you know, when's the last time, if you're a parent, when's the last time you went to a school board meeting? When's the last time you voiced your concern over the curriculum that was being taught to your son or daughter? You know? Nope, we're too busy. I don't have time for that. I'm tired. I want to go, yeah, well, that's the part about a fight is it doesn't really care when you're tired. Now, yeah, I, I get that's easy for me to say as somebody who's not a parent, but I do go out and vote. I do make sure that I'm well-informed on the current political climate. I do reach out on a what I would consider to be a regular basis to my elected officials to try, at least attempt to open uh, a channel of communication about the decisions that are being made and why I think some of those decisions are either good or bad. You know, those are things that we, as Americans, that's something we need to embrace and pursue. You know, there's other countries in the world where people are just, they're just put into power. They're not, they have no obligation to listen to you in those parts of the world as a citizen. No obligation. They do what they want, how they want, and when they want. Not here in America. At least it's not supposed to be that way. Now, it's getting, you know, to the point where we basically feel ignored. And obviously, you know, I already touched on that earlier. Is there, you know, probably a very large number of people in this country that don't feel represented by their elected leadership. And it's because they, those leaders campaign for re-election. They do enough to get re-elected and they go right back to pushing the party concept, the party line, especially if you're a Democrat. And that's one of the things I can't stand about some of these Republicans too. Like, yeah, okay, they they deviate from from the Republican Party agenda, and to an extent, I, you know, um, to an extent, I admire them willing to, you know, follow their own core beliefs, um, and and follow what they believe to be true. Except that more often than not, it ends up being a very hollow representation of their core beliefs, and you can follow the money back to whatever donor contributed to their campaign that wanted to utilize that weak-ass individual for a swing vote. And, and if this all sounds very contradictory and shitty, it's because it is. Politics is a dirty and frustrating and an annoying game. Unfortunately, 
again, through inaction, that's how we get here. Oh, it's too difficult to run a political party. It's too much to have a third political party here. And if there's not one person to blame, and there's not one event you can point to. But at some point, we got to a two-party system in this country, which was also never supposed to happen. If you look at our founding fathers and you look at a lot of the quotes, they specifically didn't want a two-party system. They wanted to avoid the model like what you have in Parliament over there across the across the Atlantic. But, you know, as time goes on, we get a lot closer to it. We get pretty close to a two-party system. Um, you know, and I think, and it, I don't think it's exactly two parties over there even, but... You know, there were things that they said, those those men said, they wanted to avoid ending up like what they came from. That was why they left in the first place, right? It's kind of like, as we all get older, right, we look back on some of the things that our parents did that we didn't, we didn't like. Um, I, I do, I can remember as a kid, I, I can remember being a, I don't know, 12-year-old, 14-year-old, 18-year-old, whatever, going, man, I'll never do this. When I have kids, I will never be this way. When I have kids, I'll never make my children feel like this. I'll never behave that way. And then, you know what? Honestly, as you end up getting older, you turn into your parents anyway. Now, hopefully not the bad things. Hopefully if it's like an alcoholism or some kind of abusive tendency, then yeah, I I pray to God that, you know, you're able to work through those things and get away from that. But you look at it that way, it's like, huh, you know, maybe America could be potentially, right, destined for the fate that, it, that befell the British Empire. Now, Britain, yeah, they're a successful country, but they were, they're no longer an empire. They're no longer the world power that they once were. And it didn't happen in one event. It didn't happen overnight. But a lot of things led to it. So, again, the responsibility that it comes back to as we celebrate the 4th of July holiday, as we celebrate all the things that make our country the best place in the world to live. And I believe that I 110% believe this is the best country in the world to live. And I think most of you guys listening would agree with that because of the opportunities we have here, the opportunity where somebody with nothing can make themselves into one of the wealthiest people in the country or in the world, even potentially. Whereas a man, a woman, regardless of race or religion, you can find your success if you are willing to look for it and work for it and do the things that need to be done. And nobody ever said it was going to be fucking easy. Nobody said it was going to be, because if it was, everybody would be fucking doing it. But they're not. So if we want to protect this, we want, I mean, celebrate our country and then, and celebrate it daily. Celebrate it daily. Talk about why this country is so great and talk about the core principles of our our democratic republic that that got us here and why they need to be preserved and do it often. And don't just do it, you know, don't be a sounding box, you know, for you and your group of buddies. You all already know why those things are important, why they're great. Take the risk, take the step, take the chance, talk to people that don't believe it. Try to convince some people. Try to swing those people. Try to show them, hey, I know it feels like you're a victim of circumstance right now, but here's how you can own it. Here's how you can control it. Ain't nothing easy. Anything that's worth having is worth working for. Nothing comes for free and nothing comes easy that's worth having. It just isn't. That's something that our parents, or at least my parents, understood and really instilled in me and my brothers, you know? Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have either forgotten that or they just, they willfully choose 
to ignore the concept and just want to point at somebody else's fault. You know, take ownership of, of what's going on. Like it is your future. So either you, you can, we can look at, at everything that's going on in the country. And like I said, we can just take the back seat. We can take the easy road and sit back and go, well, you know, this probably won't completely fall apart by the time, you know, that I'm dead. So I'm just going to ride it out, you know, fuck it. I'll let the next generation sort it out and figure it out. That's not the way that any of this gets, gets fixed. We need to normalize this, the way of life. Right. And I know you see, you see guys like dirty civilian people like Lucas from T-Rex arms and however many other people out there that are what I would say are big influencers in the community. Right. And they talk about how important it is to normalize things like a plate carrier. I'm not saying to go grocery shopping in your plate carrier. If you want to, uh, I mean, cool, man. Um, go ahead and do that, I guess. Although that's probably a step in the wrong direction. I would, at least at this stage of the game, I would argue that's a step in the wrong direction. But when you go to your local sporting club where you have an outdoor range or outdoor shooting bays where you can move around and stuff, wear your plate carrier, run around in your gear. Okay. Don't, you know, when you go to the gun range, it's okay to have your decked out rifle there with your, your handgun, right? Oh, yep. I have a red dot sight on my pistol. I have a tactical light. I have a tactical light on my AR. I have an IR laser. There are people I know, even myself, you know, when I first got into this, I was actually weird about showing up to the range with a, a gun with a light on it or a rifle with a light and stuff. Cause I thought I, I would get stopped and people would ask me questions about why I think I need to have that on my firearm. And eventually a, I came to the realization that no, no one's going to ask because no one really cares. I also came to the realization that it doesn't matter what they think. It matters what I know. And that I know that I needed to have those things on my weapon system. And I know I needed to be at the range to build my competency, competency and my proficiency. I knew that those things were true. So at that point it kind of invalidates the rest of it. You know, I think that those are things that we kind of, we worry needlessly about, um, but it ties up our, you know, our concern ties us up and restrains us in, in some of those instances. And it stunts the growth when we're trying to normalize things like a plate carrier, like a battle belt, like a, a drop leg holster, like learning tactics, you know, Yes, only the military and law enforcement need tactics. That's that's my favorite argument about why people can should go take regular like handgun and carbine courses and then never learn CQB or vehicle combatives or small unit training classes or anything. That's I love that. You don't need those things as a civilian. And that's like, well, that's a pretty bold statement. You don't know the the you know the situation I live in or uh you know any anything i mean that's just it's, it's such an asshole thing to say that you don't need that as a civilian and being your own your own first option your own first responder that's think about when you watch the revolutionary war when the you know the oppressive regime that was governing the colonies right and to that point the constables or i don't know what they had the police whatever you know if we even had such a thing then right they answered to the same power that we were looking to push back against. Now, I'm not, I'm 100% not, I'm not advocating for rebellion, obviously. I don't want a civil war in this country. However, I think the more that you can normalize the behaviors that establish that we are a well, well-informed and independent society, 
within this culture and can be peaceful and commonsensical, right? It helps to diffuse a lot of the tension that's created by people from the outside looking in that want to be assertive about the anti-gun arguments, if that makes sense, right? So it's through this peaceful assertion of our way of life, our ideas, our belief system as it relates to gear, to training, to responsibility, to competency and capability, right? You diffuse those arguments and you find a productive way of pulling in people to the discussion. And you're not going to win all of those arguments. You're not going to win all of those debates. You just, you won't. It's just how it works. But it's how we begin the process of maintaining and protecting this way of life and further going to insulate those freedoms and liberties which we hold most dear and dare I say making America great again right so I hope everybody truly you know I hope those words and thoughts resonate with you it's it's a very American holiday and it's one of my favorite um for all those reasons you know I consider myself a patriot I it kills me when I see people post things like I'm hesitant to celebrate the 4th of July. I'm hesitant to celebrate this country. Why? Especially when it's women. You, know, you go to other countries in this world, you have to cover up your your face, your body, and everything. You go to other countries in this world, and you're, you're not afforded any opportunities. I'm not saying that those are right, but I'm saying that it's one of the things that makes this country so fucking awesome is that people like that, people, women, right, minorities, my, my, my family, my great-grandparents, immigrated from Mexico as vegetable and fruit pickers and now very successful own restaurants, uh, entrepreneurial endeavors and, and, you know, machine shops and things like, and you have the opportunity to come here and make something of yourself and not be persecuted along the way, not have to worry about somebody kicking your, in your door and ripping you out of bed to, to kill you in the middle of the night or anything. Right. It absolutely just boggles the mind why people would not want to celebrate this holiday. I don't get it. You want to see change in this country? Be change. But, but condemning the things that that would... Condemning those laws and condemning the the current government or governmental model or whatever phrase you want to you know plug in there that would facilitate you being able to effect that meaningful change that you think needs to be seen, that just doesn't make any sense. It's like cutting off your nose to spite your fucking face. At the end of the day, you still look like shit. Oh, but I won the argument. Great. Look at all the damage you did on the way there. I don't I don't know that I'll ever understand those people. I really don't. Um, and there's a lot of them out there. Uh, you know, I was reading, or not reading, I was listening online uh, to the radio earlier, and the, uh, the host was saying, you know, something like 12% of people don't even know if they're going to celebrate 4th of July. And it's like, why wouldn't you? Why why wouldn't you take the opportunity to celebrate? And I'm not saying you got to go buy 150 or 350 or a thousand dollars, whatever worth of fireworks and barbecue. You don't have to do all that stuff, but I mean, I would say find a way. Try to find a way to recognize it. It's a federal holiday. Most people have it off work, you know. And again, it is a important representation of the American way of life, and I look forward to it every year. So, um. Yeah, so rant over, you know, but I, it's important to talk about this stuff, and I probably will every year when we get around the 4th of July, because I feel so passionately about it. I mean, look at everything we do here with the pod, and all the stuff we talk about on Instagram and our Patreon, it's 
it's something very, very important to me. So hopefully you guys feel the same way. And hopefully some of this helps impact how you handle some interactions in your future. It, it, it impacts what you do and how you think about these things and how you feel about them. Um, but that's all you guys, I'm going to, you know, let you go enjoy the 4th of July holiday. Thanks for taking the time to check out the pod here. And thank you for all of your support. If you're, if you don't already, please go ahead and hit that follow button or subscribe button, whether you're on Spotify or Apple or Google, um, those, those couple clicks there, they are tremendously helpful in supporting us and what we do here. Um, having strong metrics and being able to show those things, you know, for sponsorship opportunities and, and other opportunities, right? Uh, they go further than than anyone could really realize. And of course, unless you're, you know, a podcast host yourself, and then you know the importance of that. But thank you guys for spending part of your your day checking this out. We got more great stuff coming next couple of weeks here. Should have some really really cool uh, guests. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy listening to, but until that time, you guys get out there, enjoy the holiday. And like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. 